0: to the cub Cooker supernatural podcast my name is jacob Cooker, but my friends call me cub and you should too every day on the cub Cooker supernatural podcast we decode faith spirituality and the paranormal all through a supernatural lens in the everyday life how we live how we walk how we talk how we experience this very reality and i am so excited to have none other than my good friend and author Bob Peck on the show today. Again, uh, we're going to be doing several episodes together as we talk about his book, Original Sin is a Lie. And today we're going to talk about the truth about H-E, double toothpick. We'll say it once for the class. We're going to talk about hell today. Uh, Is it real? What is it? What was Jesus even talking about? And why do we have so much imagery as I have behind me here with dragons and it's eternal and fire and everything so bob Spooky. welcome uh let's thank you in, man
1: yeah great to see you great to be back hey everybody
0: um let's see i'll get uh i gotta get a drink of coffee here it's uh, a
1: scary background image that yeah. we're gonna undo <laughs> yes, today we're gonna undo it so you feel that fear it's okay we're gonna release it together today
0: so, guys, I grew up um, in kind of a church tradition. I know a lot of you did, and, and I'm not against church or anything like that. But I really want to talk about the very real imagery of a young kid going through church programming, telling me that, if I, that I'm a sinner and I'm bound for hell, and that if I don't change my ways and follow Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, that I will burn for all eternity um that is what i would consider quite traumatic um and so i'm going to be talking about that on another podcast soon but bob i want to jump into it with you we're going to talk about matthew 10:28. i think right off the bat what was jesus even talking about when he was talking about quote unquote hell which is actually not the word used in matthew
1: 10:28? yeah well you know the first thing to call out in any kind of kind of Bible scholarship investigation here um, is, and I'm, I have a, a comparative religion degree from UT, um, specialized in informative Christianity. Took four classes on Jesus, two on Paul, a couple mm-hmm. on the Apocrypha. So you know, I'm not, I'm not Dan McClellan Also, there's there's some PhD uh, Bible scholars out there. Respect to them, um, <laughs> but longtime student of Bible scholarship, and um, you know, happy to kind of point you guys to. Uh, some really uh, reliable resources that are within academia, trusted, both Christian and non-Christian. You know, Bible mm-hmm. scholars are, some are practicing Christian, some aren't, some are kind of in between. And um, they put the objective uh, search for really what's called the historicity of Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. these are historical scholars that are looking at, not only are they looking at the texts themselves, they're mm-hmm. looking at, the time period from an archaeological standpoint um professor l Michael white who was you know, one of my mentors at UT um would go on digs i mean they would they they you got to go check it out they got to go understand uh, you know the, the 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 world in which these books came about and so you know really the first thing I want to mention from uh you know what is hell really what does this really mean is like number one is the Bible is not infallible
0: mm-hmm Amen. So I think
1: that's really, 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 really important, and you know, and and that's okay. It shouldn't be infallible. Um, you know, Cub and I both, and there's so many of us that don't think. Well, we we have the receipts, uh, and I will we'll go into the discrepancies and contradictions here, um, but it's it's okay. You can still appreciate it. You can still appreciate the wisdom the ethical teachings, I mean, I believe and I know you do too, the name of your podcast is Supernatural, you know, we can still see that there are metaphysical truths even and um, components of Christianity and Jesus' teaching and Jesus' life that go beyond Mm -hmm. um, matter. uh, All in for that. However, at the same time, you can still be rational and reasonable um, about the formation of these documents and about, you know, what they were really trying to get across. So, all that said, you know, I think starting at starting at what is is a very common practice in Bible scholarship, which is called vertical reading. You
0: know, mm-hmm. that's
1: kind of something I'd like to do with you today, which is comparing the gospel of, of, of uh, the same gospel event or the same gospel teaching across multiple gospels. Right. Oh. And so when when you're in church, you're and or you're studying the Bible with with a congregation you'll do what's called a horizontal read. Mm-hmm. You start at the nativity story in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Which is the first section of the New Testament. Jesus was born under these, you know, very special um, kind of circumstances that are all the way you read Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, and then you finish with John. That's Jesus' story. And it sounds all pretty similar. He goes around preaching. He heals people. You know, there's miracles. Um, you know, it's not, it, it seems cohesive. But right, what Bible right. scholars Bible scholars do, and this that that's called horizontal reading, mm. reading across the stories. Yeah. But what Bible scholars will do is they'll take the same event, and it's called vertical reading. Mm-hmm. So they'll just look at so for example, what I want to show you guys is um, the parable of the wedding banquet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the great banquet. So let's look at that in Matthew, in Luke, okay. and even in Thomas actually where it is, mm-hmm. um, and compare. And then once you once you do that to enough of these parallel teachings, or even you know, there's obviously some teachings that are only in one, or only right. in two, or only or three, or there's a couple that are in four, but um, those are it's very rare. It's mostly mm-hmm. just the crucifixion, a couple of the main points. Um, so you look at kind of what teaching is and what gospel and why and what happens and yep. what are the interpretations. You really have to get your hands dirty in the text. Um, but once you do all of that. it that allows you to extrapolate what this what the what the meaning really is in a lot more clear of a way
0: and feel free to share your screen if you want to but i did want to say real quick um first off martin says um astrological metaphysical and esoteric message absolutely my friend um and i wanted to talk about like the very real thing that especially my generation experienced in church growing up is we read all these different stories within the biblical Canon and we assume that they all go together. And while they have been tied together, um, and things have even been added to some of the books to make sure that they tie to the other stories, they don't necessarily all go together. It would be like reading the Lord of the Rings and a bunch of CS Lewis, lion, the witch in the wardrobe and trying to figure out what characters were fulfilling the (laughs) prophecies of other characters. Um, and so that's just a very real, like honest. I like that, you know. I, and and we just have to be honest about that at this point. That um, I don't believe that all truth is written down anywhere. I think the truth mm-hmm. is in the hearts and minds of everyone on the planet, all of humanity collectively. When we get our own BS belief systems out of the way, <laughs> and we can accept the authentic truth of what's right in front of us, um, that's that's kind of how I approach it. So. Looking forward to your vertical reading here. So, um, jump into it. Let's let's yeah. uh, deconstruct this. here. Yeah,
1: I love that. Let me um, shout out. This is a this was assigned to me in a you know Bible scholarship class. It's called Gospel Parallels um, by Burton Rock Morton, and you know it's it's just a reference guide. Don't you know? Don't read this. Um, don't read this straight through. Um, but you know, basically what it's doing, and I, I'm not sure if we're backwards here, but so for example um end of the discourse it's only in matthew it's not in mark and luke um, mm-hmm. you know john actually isn't even in this it's just matthew mark and luke it's just the synoptics oh, of wow. such john it's not even in the synoptics mm-hmm. um so the narrow gate for example i don't know if you can see that narrow gate so it's matthew marks for marcus doesn't have it oh wow Luke's okay first.
0: Oh, that's uh, amazing. I may have to get that. That's awesome. Oh, my God. really,
1: really, really, really helpful. And so you can see all the differences. And so, yeah, what I wanted to show you guys...
0: Um, uh we've got a bunch of people on tiktok and instagram i want to remind you guys if you want to see the graphics and the book that he's talking about and all the stuff we're showing on the screen if you'll jump over to my facebook my youtube my linkedin or my twitter and you can see the live feed over here or watch the restream later but we're very happy to have you guys on tiktok and instagram right now if i ever get these we will plug them in over there but for now we're on iphones on those so thanks thanks Cub. you're Amazing at being able to do nine
1: million broadcasts <laughs> at once. Cheers. Um, okay, I take it back. Before I before I share this comparison between uh, what I want to show you guys is the the parable of the great banquet, which is in my book, which is Thomas Thomas version, Luke version, and okay. Matthew version. Before we look at those, let's just let's talk about the word hell okay. and kind of the mathematical usage here. Jesus does use the word hell mm-hmm. in the Gospels let's let's be clear about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And however, there's an important distinction between the separate words used for hell. So Hades is the Greek word. Sheol is is the Hebrew word. Mm -hmm. And Gehenna is the Aramaic word. Um, So Hades, you guys probably remember this from school, it's the Greek word for dark underworld, where evil people go. You know, this this idea of a fiery burning location predates Christianity. This this actually comes from Greek mythology. So you have Orpheus, for example, trying to find his bride who had passed into the underworld. Plato wrote, um, you know, Plato, who's the greatest disciple of Socrates, you know, one of the figures of. You know founders of western philosophy and western thought wrote a story called the myth of Ur, er er mm. which is set in a fiery underground world which okay. the hero traverses so this is about three centuries mm-hmm. um, before jesus um and so the hellenistic world that's the name for this period of of human civilization um has a really massive influence mm-hmm. on judaism and formative christianity it's not in a void, it's not in a vacuum, separate from all of these cultural traditions. There's right. trade routes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, exchanges of idea, goods and ideas, um, and so you know, scholars. This is the academic consen- consensus that this image of Christian hell is heavily colored by Greek, Roman, and even Egyptian influences mm-hmm. um, from from earlier mythology little of which has to do with the central figure of what later became Christianity. Um, And the reason I say that is because Hades is used 11 times in the Bible, but only four by Jesus himself, and and it, it occurs in Revelation. Which is a, the spooky end times book, mm-hmm. um, with with very little historical significance in yeah. terms of its closeness to Jesus' teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. by a guy named John the Evangelist, who <laughs> we're really not even sure who that was yeah. uh, and how Absolutely. close he was to yeah. the apostle. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And and this word, you know, this term, the Lake of Fire in Revelation, it very closely resembles a lot of Plato's imagery yeah. in, in a book he yeah. wrote called Phaedo. Phaedo. Um, so you know the first thing to understand is what's the word, what's the translation, what's the influence um, in the entire New Testament. Just getting it, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't want to be too professorial today, but we gotta, we gotta, you know, if we're making this claim, then we gotta, we gotta dig into it a little bit. Um, Fifteen of the usages of um, the word hell by Jesus, which are vastly more numerous in the Matthew gospel, the gospel Mm -hmm. of Matthew, um, is the word Gehenna. So what the hell is Gehenna, right? Uh, (laughs) Can I not say hell? What the heck is Gehenna? So um, it's the Aramaic word for a specific valley, which Mm -hmm. was a trash dump. Um, Mm -hmm. It was basically, it was a smelly landfill outside of Jerusalem where they burned trash. Um, There was human sacrifice in that area centuries prior, mm-hmm. but f- during the time of Jesus, it was just a bunch of garbage. It had been that for a long time, centuries, literally. Yeah, um, it's 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 pretty fair to make the conclusion that uh, I was on this other podcast and I was saying trash, you know, landfill, and he goes, "Oh yeah, like just you're in the dumps." <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're in the dumps. That's Absolutely. basically. Absolutely. what this is saying your the, your way of thinking is garbage mm-hmm. um and and you know living in filth um you know what's what happened over the years I know this AI you said was generated from um Dante's Inferno typing mm-hmm. that in, you know there was a lot of um European medieval influences that really amplified a lot of that language and there was actually a Dutch painter named Hieronymus Bosch Mm -hmm. which google him if you want nightmares um he he's (laughs) largely responsible uh almost single-handedly 15th century dutch painter for really you know pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. on kind of the demonic um explanations here um and and yeah so let me happy to pause there before we get into more but well
0: and real quick um you know dante in his divine comedy he was making a political economic and social statement he was literally leading the reader through a journey against all of his enemies as they were burning in the seven layers of torture and basically what they were doing to people um and so he was basically outing all of his you know enemies or friends whatever you want to call them and then that got adopted we have to understand that that imagery got adopted into religious imagery and literally is still present within what the church doctrine is and we can't get away from it because it's become canon without us even knowing it just because that imagery that imagery is not really in the Bible on its own I mean it's 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 a hinted at in a few places you talked about the lake of fire Gehenna that type of thing but it's not not in this form you know, you have the dragon yeah. in Revelation, but again, Revelation is astral theology. It's esoteric, psychological. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah go ahead.
1: The, yeah. Well, no, you're exactly right. It, it kind of it, it snowballs mm-hmm. into this nightmare, and you know the initial, the initial words. You know, let's <laughs> look at let's look at what it actually says. So, you know, the uh, you know explain Gehenna and what it what it really was in terms of the metaphor. There, there's this other line weeping and gnashing of teeth yes which is which is freaky that's a spooky thing to say um and it's six times in matthew Mm -hmm. it's once in mark and once in luke so Mm -hmm. it's only eight times six of which are in matthew Mm -hmm. so again kind of going back to these gospels being imperfect having differences um i talked about this last week with you but um We know, for example, that the Matthean gospel Mm -hmm. is very Jewish. It's Mm -hmm. written in the Jewish homeland. It's in Galilee, Mm -hmm. and it's it's written after the temple falls. Rome sacks the temple. Mm -hmm. And what that does is creates this power vacuum among the Jewish institution. So you have the Pharisees and you have the Jesus following Jews that are Mm -hmm. basically at war for believers. And this is, again, this is cultural historicity, um, you know, read Zealot by Reza Aslan, read mm-hmm. From Jesus to Christianity by L. Michael White. Mm-hmm. I'm not just making this up. It was right. a it was a very tense political um, period. And whereas, for example, Luke was written outside of the Jewish homeland. Mm-hmm. So it's the Lucan Gospels more focused on the poor money preaching to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Right. Right. There's still Jewish stuff in there. Yeah but it's yeah. much less amplified than in Matthew. That's kind of an example of the human aspects here. So six times, you know, Matthew really has this fiery rhetoric that's mm-hmm. not in Mark, it's not in Luke, it's not in John. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I'm kind of I'm calling out the Matthean author here, right. which is not, you know, again, all this stuff about like the four witnesses. Mm-hmm. Guys, this was decades after this is this stuff was written decades after the oral tradition, which was decades after Jesus' mm-hmm. death. Um, so they, you know, there's again, there's gems in there
0: yeah. from yeah. Jesus.
1: There's real zingers that transform our lives. But yep. but the holistic message, when you really start to unpack it, um, you know, through vertical readings, let me just let me give you this. So, the Gospel of Thomas. Hopefully, your audience is aware of, but yes. if not, okay then I won't go into great detail, but because I include this mm-hmm. in the comparison of the Great Banquet. The Gospel of Thomas is a very, very early um, collection of sayings mm-hmm. of Jesus. Um, it's 114 sayings. It just says, Jesus said, da, 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 mm-hmm. Jesus said, da, da, da. Yeah. Um, We knew about this document because we have had for centuries, the early church father's letters that would say, this isn't Legit. This is legit. This isn't right. legit. This is So we knew it existed. We found it in 1945. An Egyptian shepherd found it buried by some monks from the fourth century. Right. Um, that's the Coptic version, which is in Egyptian language. But mm-hmm. the original Greek is arguably as early as the New Testament gospels. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we should have another Gospel of Thomas one because it's so fun. But absolutely, the reason Go- Thomas is so reliable. And the reason Bible scholars, not just crazy mystic me, are really into Gospel Thomas is because two, nearly two thirds of the sayings have parallels um, in the New Testament. It's around, I think, it's seventy five of the one fourteen we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Now there's about thirty that are brand new that are exciting as hell to Mm -hmm. say, "Oh, what are these?" But that's why it's legit because there's seventy five that are very similar. Uh, To the New Testament. And the craziest thing, y'all, if you don't learn anything from me today, (laughs) learn this. The sayings, the parallel sayings in Thomas, are always simpler than the versions in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. Yep. That is significant because simpler typically means earlier, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you have. a a very rudimentary event or teaching and then you have a much more extensive expansive point and event and color and all this stuff it's just rationale it's it's you know it's logic it's deductive reasoning that the more expansive more extensive teaching is drawing from that that more simple one so that all that said this is um this is a parable told by jesus um it appears in matthew luke and Thomas and it's only in these three it's this one isn't in Mark or John mm-hmm. um, but um, but yeah if you guys are ready let's uh, let's just go with this one I'll be I'll be brief but um, but it's really important and I think what it does is shows you guys how much the methian author is ramping up the hell stuff yeah how much the methian yeah. author is really is really going in so let's jump in Gospel of Thomas, saying 64, I'm going to paraphrase it because you guys are like driving to work or eating lunch. I'm not going to read six minutes worth of just Bible verse. I won't do that to you. But so let me just paraphrase. Gospel of Thomas. Jesus said a man had guests and when he had prepared the dinner, he sent his servants to invite the guests. They go and say, my master invites you. The first one. Says, I have money with some merchants. They're coming to me this evening. Um, I asked to be excused from dinner. The servant goes to the next guy and Mm -hmm. he says, I've bought a house and I'm asked for a day. I shall not have time. He goes to another. He says to him, My friend is about to be married. I have to arrange the dinner. I cannot come. All of these guests are refusing the invite Mm -hmm. uh, of the master and the servant's invite. Um, Another one says, I've bought a farm, I'm going to collect rent, Mm -hmm. I asked to be excused. Um, The servant goes back to his master and says, those whom you have invited to dinner have asked to be excused. The master says to his servant, go out to the roads, bring those whom you find that they may dine. Mm -hmm. Traders and merchants shall not enter the places of my father. That's it. Right. So all he's saying is the master is having a great banquet, he invites all these people all the people refuse for you know worldly reasons Mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. i got business stuff to attend to i'm on a farm Mm -hmm. i gotta do a dinner please excuse me and so the master says okay then in that case go invite everybody and the merchants shall not enter Mm -hmm. so this is metaphorical guys obviously it's a metaphor that when we're lost in our business minds and Mm -hmm. world worldliness and this is common across all world mystic traditions especially the east especially Bhagavad Gita etc that we're just distracted you know that's all and you know it's not this fire and brimstone lesson traders and merchants shall not enter the place of my father you know that sounds Mm -hmm. heavy but he's just saying it's because their focus is elsewhere
0: yeah yep Absolutely. And, and that's I talk about that a lot, too, with our community is like, what's important to you? For me, yeah. it's a beautiful spirit, teaching. Yeah, like my spirituality my whole life, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but it doesn't matter even when I was running my business. Like I kept coming around to like, how do I integrate the teachings of Christ and other masters like into what I'm doing? And I, it's always just been so important for me. And I know people that it's not, you know, the business is more important, the whatever, the vacation. And it's not even talking about the physical things. Sometimes it's the soccer games more important. Sometimes I got to have all of these social clubs is so important. And for me and a lot of people in our community here, it really is the daily. That's what matters. And everything else has to fit into that. People literally quit jobs so they have more time to do the spiritual work to go on walks hikes yeah and so that's the world we're living in now with the great awakening is that people are able to make those decisions more wholeheartedly now and and seek truth on their own accord and i think that that's ultimately what he was saying there is like you know you're always leaving you're always going somewhere else you're invited to dinner yeah exactly but to, if to you enjoy it, this incredible banquet, okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's a very light hearted teaching, okay. Yep. So that's Thomas. That's that's there's the less, the least amount of characters is in that version of right. the great banquet teaching by Jesus, yep Gospel of Luke 14 15 24. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. This is the Again, this is the framework for this teaching. Mm -hmm. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, everything is ready now. But they all began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of land, I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. I bought five yoke of oxen. I gotta try them out. I've just been married. And Mm -hmm. so the slave, and, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry, new moment, and said to his slave. Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. This is the Luke and author. Mm-hmm. Big theme in Luke is poor and disabled. Mm-hmm. And the slave said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: becomes spiteful. You know, um, It's not as spiteful in Thomas. Thomas is just right. like, Okay, they're not going to enter, you know, they're, they're not going to enter the place of my father. They, they can't come in. But now it's like, they'll never taste it. You know, it gets, he gets angry, literally, in Luke, the, right. the master, the, the, the king. Yeah. Um, and so that's the Luke version number two. Okay, three, this is the last one here, the last version of Matthew. This is all in my book. So this is just an example I use in the chapter called Hell is a State of Mind. Uh, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus answered and spoke in parables to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a marriage for his son, sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the marriage feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who were invited. Behold, i have prepared my dinner. My cattle and fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come to the marriage feast. Mm-hmm. They made light of it, went their ways, went to their own farms, to their merchandise. Um, And the rest grabbed his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. Mm. Now they're killers, the guys who refused the invite. When the king heard that, he was angry and sent his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who are invited weren't worthy. Go, therefore, to the intersection of the highways, invite them to the marriage feast. Mm. The servants went out on the highways, gathered as many as they found, both bad and good. Mm-hmm. Bad and goodness is a big part of Matthew. Mm-hmm. The wedding was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man who didn't have on wedding clothing. Mm-hmm. And he said to him, Friend, how do you how did you come in here not wearing wedding clothing? He was speechless. Then the king said to him, Bind him hand, hand and foot take him away and throw him into the outer darkness mm-hmm. there is where the weeping and gnashing of teeth will be mm-hmm. for many are called the futures what a bizarre continuation mm-hmm. frankly of that mm-hmm. story matthew just amps up the the king's viciousness mm-hmm. um you know again the thomas version Super simple. Super simple. Really say, simple. Hey, you're invited to yeah. dinner. Oh, you can't make it? Okay, we'll yeah. invite everybody else. Yeah. And the merchants aren't going to
0: be able to. Be exactly. Yeah. Um now all the, the time Matthew, we get to Matthew, we got maddening.
1: war. Yep. We got murderers. They murder their servants, and mm-hmm. then they go to war with them. Yep. And again, this is because the Gospel of Matthew is written in a time where the Pharisees and the Jesus following Jews are just, it is so tense that so much of matthew's gospel is it's us and them i mean it's all colored yeah. by us and yeah. themness much more so than thomas even yeah. more so than luke um, yeah. mark and john because they're just they weren't written in that community mm-hmm. um and so you know again in terms of hell this is the vast majority of the hell stuff yeah is in matthew it's in this Particular gospel that you know, granted, has some gems. The Sermon on the Mount, the version of Matthew, is really, really great. Right, um, and I quote it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's aspects of it that are that are wonderful, um, but this is a human author, mm-hmm. and he's adding on to the teaching of the master for his own political means, his own political purposes, and um, yeah, this scary stuff. The throw him into the outer darkness. I mean, where there's weeping, teeth yeah. that it's just. Yeah. It's it's um it's messed up man mm-hmm. and it
0: just it doesn't have to do with the original guy yep absolutely absolutely I totally agree um and I want to I want to read real quick as kind of a segue here Matthew 1028 and I've got I've got my spin on it and um, just to kind of preface this uh, marcion of Sinope was um, very very early church author i mean he kind of wrote the first bible like the canon first
1: canon is attributed to marcion that's right
0: and so he believed that jesus was talking about a very different god a new god or at least new to that culture than the yahweh of the old testament and so i personally believe that as well with all love and respect to all cultures and faith traditions but i see a very stark contrast to the acts of war that the old testament god made on all kinds of different people, including his own people, um, multiple times. And then what Jesus is talking about, a spiritual father, a metaphysical or even quantum, as I call the quantum God, um, that's what he's really talking about, the way I interpret it. And so I actually saw something in this verse that I propose quite a bit, I think is hidden in in a lot of the, the verses and the parables that Jesus talks about, where he's continually reminding people of what the ot god or the old gods were requiring versus what his message is and so yeah. here's what cool. i saw in it guys is uh, matthew 10 28 don't be afraid of those who unalive the body uh for they are not able to unalive the soul rather fear him who is able to destroy mm-hmm. both the soul and body in gehenna now as bob said gehenna is a place where they burned trash but possibly human sacrifices as well And even in the Old Testament, there's a lot of data to to suggest that these old gods and possibly even the um, Old Testament God Yahweh liked human sacrifices as well. And so the whole weeping and gnashing of teeth imagery with that, um, basically, I took from this verse that he's kind of alluding like, uh, you know, why are you afraid of just your body being unalive when... They are literally doing magic spells and sacrificing you and your children to these ancient gods, destroying Mm -hmm. not only your soul, using the energy from your soul and your body. And so, like, think about what you're trying to serve into and what my message is. And that's kind of how I got the spin on it is he's kind of like, hey, your, your ways are actually destroying both if you think about it. And what I'm telling you is, you know, yeah, your body's going to be unalive, but your soul's going to live on. And I, that's kind of how I interpret this whole thing. And they very much believed in reincarnation. We've, I think we've proven that over and over and over. They thought Elijah was coming back all the time. They're like, you know, thought John the Baptist is it him. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, and then the blind man, they're like, um, you know, who sinned? Uh, was it him or his parents? Well, he was born blind, so they clearly were thinking, well, in a past life, you know, that he had sinned. So this is all imagery that we, again, in the modern church, we do not tie together because we don't have a clue about the culture, lore, or legend of the time. And that's yeah, well said. People from
1: so. well said, and you know, I've even got you know, it's worth saying. I love that you said honor all past traditions. Love our Jewish brothers and sisters. absolutely. And their religion is beautiful. Yes. And I actually did a decent amount of, uh, it's called Kabbalah or Kabbalah, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. one, um, it, which is extremely deep. It's a very, yeah. very, very profound mystical yeah. teaching, um, you know, big, big nod, big respect to, to Judaism as a yeah. whole. Um, however, we can always have critical thoughts about every right. faith tradition. Right. That's yeah. part of it. There's yeah. there's there's high there's the highest beings of humanity in Judaism and the lowest, and yeah. there's the highest beings of humanity in Christianity and the lowest. Saint well, Hinduism, and there is there's Saintism. a
0: mystical <laughs> Jewish God too. The Tetragrammaton, the YHVH, is you know it's the four elements. It's the substratum of creation. It's basically what Maya in the Hindu is made up of it's this thing we get to create in and then there's the again i think that the old testament god is a mix of an actual what, what i would call an ancient astronaut and a mm-hmm. spirit or a you know mystical experience and so it you know you kind of end up with both in there and we don't really know where that separation c- can and yeah it gets
1: so, it gets a little speculative for yeah. me but that's okay it's fun you know the whole thing's a little bit speculative yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, what, what I am confident in is um, really grounded academic scholarship mm-hmm. around the Bible, around textual analysis, around archaeological finds that paint a broader picture, um, you know, all that is is very comfortable and mm-hmm. reasonable in terms of the study. Alongside of you know what you and I have talked about in terms of the mystical experience, mm-hmm. that's all I'm trying to do with my work is to Absolutely. say, hey, what's the scholarship from a from an academic standpoint, and you know what's the what's the beauty of the mystical experience? How does that play in? Because if you're too into the religious scholarship, sometimes those guys they have debates and yeah, you know, yeah. it's very tight and yeah. rigid, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, so the mystical experience is what really does well with that but then the mystical experience folks sometimes there could be some groundedness Mm -hmm. uh that could be useful for for that crowd for us you know in some way um and so how can we kind of balance both worlds because they really need each other i mean i think what 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 the bible's talking about is how to get to the the mystical experience with the divine how to enter that
0: relationship with the father um, you know etc so don't
1: they can't they need each
0: other Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm absolutely absolutely and if you read it purely as an esoteric document you understand the coming out of egypt moving into it the really land,
1: opens up and becomes a beautiful thing i mean it really is a transformative absolutely. series of teachings yep so yeah so but, well, but pros and cons is okay it's yeah, okay to yeah. Say
0: pros and cons absolutely and just just to clarify bob is not an ancient astronaut theorist that's my woo-woo that i oh. do on the channel so I'm Um, open. Definitely don't want to put words in your mouth because you're definitely more on the scholarly end, um, and I'm more on the theoretical end. So,
1: I mean, Um, it's all, it makes sense in the dream. It's all a dream. That's true.
0: Absolutely. Hey, and real quick, I just want to remind everyone uh, Bob is here. He has written his book, Original Sin is a Lie. Um, He's at Original Sin is a Lie on social media. He's doing a lot of TikTok videos. Go check him out over there. Thanks, man. Um, But you can scan this Venmo code right here and donate to um, his efforts to literally translate this book into Spanish. This book is so needed, and it's it's very needed amongst Spanish-speaking individuals because... Uh, There's not a lot of deconstruction going on kind of in that tradition, if you will. And if there is, there's not as much support as there is here maybe in the West with kind of our, our modern uh, bent towards deconstruction. So well, well there's uh,
1: definitely an awakening going on. I mean, I I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that. And, you know, yeah, the, it's, it's kind of come together to translate this thing into Spanish. It, it wasn't like I necessarily sat down and said, hey, let's do this. It's just yeah. kind of the universe is kind of pushing me in that direction Absolutely. and I'm listening and I'm yeah. going to follow that. And we got this amazing team. It, we're all very grassroots It's the book is self-published. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what we're doing is uh, we're, we're trying to translate it in Spanish for, you know, the, really the, those conversations. There's a lot of kind of younger generation mystics in the Spanish world. You know, I think psychedelia, renaissance, yep. uh, you know, yoga is mm-hmm. in Mexico and Central awesome. America and South America also now. And so, awesome. you know, it's um, this. This idea of kind of the world mystic traditions mm-hmm. coming back is is taking place all over, and so honor to be able to contribute humbly to to that movement and be a resource for for our hermanos y hermanas. But um, but yeah, what we're doing is for any donation of any size um, to the translation fund, I'm doing uh, an audiobook book uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, giveaway code. It's on Spotify, and yep. so if you um, Send uh, Venmo or PayPal with any donation, any contribution size. Yes. Happy to, to give you an audio book. It's pretty good. Uh, it you can read the Audible uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amazon reviews are about the book, but but the Audible reviews, um, I, I did read the book, and um, yeah. a friend of mine edited it, and uh, awesome. there's some music, and... Cool. It's, uh, it's a nice quality. So anyway, you, you get that if you contribute. So yeah, and if you,
0: if, if you, you enjoy do. Bob, it's like Bob leading you through all of these things. If you enjoy the concept. <laughs> you want to today,
1: listen to me in traffic talking yeah, about uh, I mean, the Gospel of Thomas and Vedanta. Uh,
0: imagine the amount of deconstruction you could do on your own faith with Bob in your pocket every day. It's just <laughs> forth to work. So uh, great very way very to funny. support I'm what sweet. he's Thank doing. Thank um, you. If you can give ten dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, whatever you get. Okay. okay. And i mean that i mean that we have people that have given some very generous donations in the past so please consider really help bob out with this they're doing a big fundraiser for it i want to see this thing out in spanish very soon as soon as possible so whatever you guys can do uh bob's going to be here more next week talking through these concepts so please consider supporting him thanks cub you bet brother you bet
1: and yeah just glad to be here glad to be with you guys um happy to to go Really, there's a there's always kind of a few different directions we can go in. Um, maybe I'll just give everybody a breather on the Bible scholarship real quick. Um,
0: we love it. it. It's good.
1: I know we do. <laughs> I do, too. I'm obsessed, um, as you know. Um, what I was going to read is there's a little story from Zen Buddhism, uh, which is called The Samurai and the Punk, and mm-hmm. just kind of pointing at the psychological aspect of these awesome teachings um goes like this a big tough samurai once went to see a little monk monk he said in a voice accustomed to instant obedience teach me about heaven and hell the monk looked up at this mighty warrior and replied with utter disdain teach you about heaven and hell i couldn't teach you about anything you're dirty You smell, your blade is rusty. You're a disgrace and an embarrassment to the samurai class. Get out of my sight, I can't stand you. The samurai was furious. No one talks to a samurai like this. He shook, got all red in the face, was speechless with rage. He pulled out his sword and raised it above the monk preparing to cut off his head. And right before he did, the monk said calmly, That's hell. The samurai was overwhelmed. The compassion and surrender of this little man who had practically just risked his life to give this teaching. He slowly put down his sword, filled with gratitude. He bowed in reverence and appreciation to the monk. And that's heaven. (laughs) God, awesome man! Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! Wow! Oh my god! So that's a Zen fable. Um, Ram Dass repopularized that one you um, yeah it's this stuff is all it's all psychological it's all um you know symbolic uh, Let's we make it. our hell and hell heaven
0: in every moment baby Yep, absolutely absolutely um well i want to jump on some comments here we got yeah some sure Comments from some viewers here first off we got uh d fox says bob is great lanny lanny says i love bob you got a lot of TikTok fans over here. Thanks guys. Uh, wait, is Bob Peck on Yuba says, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're, famous, <laughs> man. Um, Martin says Thanks, hell y'all. is the state of mind. Yes. Life is a hundred percent. The story we tell ourselves, hell is resistance to what is, I mean, perfect comment for what you were just sharing there. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Resistance to what is beautiful. Martin's very much a mystic. Now. Um, I've watched Martin, uh, shout out Martin. Um, he's got his own content over on TikTok. You guys go check him out. Um, He's, he's got some really good, um, I would call him grounded, but very mystical um, theories and ideas. And I love what he's talking about over there. Martin's a part of our tribe as well. um, Our supporter membership. So really thankful for that. Um, And then he says from an ego perspective, the weeping and gnashing of teeth are the mind, the suffering we experience as we resist, wishing uh, the moment were different than it is. Boy, that's, that's spot on man that is spot on um and so let's talk about that bob just kind of around this comment um and actually in light of michael's i want to shout out michael too michael's in our tribe as well uh michael's the spirit of truth this description slash name does not align with the religious spirit or the idea of souls going to a literal hell Um, If it is truth, it would not condemn anyone for simply being spiritual or feeling this thing out. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So how do you approach this for someone who really is in fear and really... They know that if they don't accept the certain doctrine, which, by the way, is different within every different denomination of church, there's a different spin on it. One is accepting the blood of Jesus, one is accepting him as your friend and savior, another is really following the old law. Um, what do you say to someone yeah, who's just so much
1: broad conditioning? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's a breaking point. I mean, I feel like you could even speak to this more than me and a lot of people in your community in terms of kind of the uh, the coming out so to speak of that you know lifting the veil of the fear and uh, you know it's so it's so tangible i mean yeah. I, just as someone who didn't grow up in that mm-hmm. circumstance i've seen it i've got to know a lot of you guys and gals that you know are kind of now on the other side so i know how yeah. tight that fear mm-hmm. is and that trauma is and um yep. you know it's 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 a real joy for me to be able to share, you know, kind of a lot of this stuff on Bible scholarship, a lot of um, world mystic tradition, um, breaking out of it, you know, breaking out of it, and realizing, oh wow, what the Jesus said, what Jesus said, is the same yeah. thing the Buddha said, it's the same uh, thing Krishna said, yeah. you know, all of these very advanced beings. Once you break the wheel birth yeah. and death it's called samsara in Hinduism yeah. when you break the wheel of birth and death which I haven't by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> just in case we're right let's, let's err on the side of clarity I'm very busy yeah. polishing my own mirror but yeah. that's all we're doing we're just polishing our mirror uh, Rumi says um why are you um why are you irritated but by, by polishing your mirror um I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing. He says, how can you
0: be irritated by polishing your mirror?
1: Um, Mm -hmm. um, um, That's all we're doing.
0: That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Uh, Real quick, Jared Penna says... Uh, Here
1: we go. Sorry. If you are irritated by every rub, how will your mirror be polished?
0: Oh, that's all we're doing. That's, really nice. that's all true. we're doing
1: is we're that's just good. we're just undoing it. We're undoing it. So that's what these masters are teaching us. And I'll, let's
0: showing. let's talk about the mirror imagery, yeah. guys. These things were made out of brass before, and you had to literally polish Ooh. them with sands and different silicas and stuff like that. So you didn't have a mirror like you have now, where you walk in your bathroom and it's always perfectly polished unless you get toothpaste on it. You know, you had to literally, they would literally polish their mirrors. And so think about the aggregate of that sandstone or that pumice or whatever on you every single day. Like that's such an important thing for polishing your own soul. And I love that. So that's a,
1: that's That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, even Paul says, um, it's like, literally you know, this kind of glass mm-hmm. metaphor, mirror metaphor, yeah. you know, we are, we have the capacity to shine mm-hmm. just as, as, as creator, as any being, um, yeah. you know, we're reflecting that reflection with a reflection of the love of creator. I, I, I will say it is, uh, you know, I don't know, somewhat tangential, but I have seen a few new age stuff, which kind of, I bucket us into new age isn't a dirty word to me. It's a beautiful, renaissance of world right. traditions right. and indigenous traditions. And um, you know, there's issues with yeah. the teachers and stuff. And, but um, but anyway, do, you know, I've seen some people in New Age say, you are God. You are God. And uh, I, I, I think that we do have the divine within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Jared's mm-hmm. point here, the, divine, the kingdom is within you. Yeah. That's right. Um, we're, we're children of creator. Yeah. And no one is um, excluded from that. No being yeah. is excluded from that. All of conscious creation is, uh, you know, sons and daughters of creator. And, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. Step into the light. You've traumatized. Sherilyn's it's
0: self-analysis. That's a great, great way to put it. And Sherilyn, I love that because... know deconstruction is such a personal journey bob had a really good experience in the church by the way not all of us had and it's not that we went to bad churches by the way i think i went to the best church in the world growing up i i still have friends and family that were a part of that church so i never like i don't have an issue with that but it's just again the doctrinal from the point of view of heaven or hell yes or no it's a simple yes, whatever. Well, it's a simple yes, but it costs you everything. And that's kind of how we, you know, I talk about it. It really is a life sacrifice, not a physical sacrifice, but it's like, Hey, this is more important to me than the soccer game or then, you know, the wedding or whatever, as we talked about in the parable. So
1: let's um, yeah, that's really good. Let me let me talk about one of our favorite guys um which is yogananda on hell yeah and evil yeah. and karma this is really Absolutely. good and this should have made it in my book dang it but it didn't so you'll have <laughs> to read yeah exactly um a, a visitor to his ashram asked um, the bible says that evildoers shall be punished and the good rewarded do you subscribe to this teaching yogananda says certainly principle of cause and effect in nature, and of action and reaction in physics. How can we not believe that this natural law extends also to human beings? Do not humans, too, belong to the natural order? This is the law of karma. As you Mm -hmm. show, so so shall you reap. If you sow evil, you will reap evil in the form of suffering. If you sow goodness, you will reap goodness in the form of inner joy. Mm -hmm. The visitor says, how specific is the law? In physics, the law of motion states that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. In nature, effects are often very specifically and not only vaguely related to their causes, yet we've been taught to view reward and punishment for human behavior in more general terms. If we're good, we've been told we'll go to heaven, and if we're bad, we'll go to hell. But don't people think of themselves as reaping specific consequences for specific deeds? Yogananda says, the karmic law is exact therefore there there is furthermore no question of suffering in hell for eternity Mm -hmm. how could the misdeeds of a few years on earth deserve eternal punishment could a finite cause have an infinite effect Mm -hmm. to understand karma you must realize that thoughts are things the very universe in the final analysis is composed not of matter but of consciousness matter responds far more than most people realize to the power of thought for willpower directs energy and energy in turn acts upon matter
0: absolutely he goes on
1: and on and on here but um good, yeah there's a karmic yes evil exists yeah. and it creates a reaction you know we're not denying that yeah. um, and, and we're being even more uh clear with our kind of calculations here how could how could a few misdeeds you know to yoga on his point absolutely make you suffer for eternity. That's not, you know, I think that, that logic alone had
0: left, made, made a lot of people leave because <laughs> yep. it's yep. so preposterous. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, Ruth Brown says, uh, so true. It's all about the continued work we do on and within ourselves. If we don't do that work on releasing our ego and self and refining what we, we are created to be, then we place ourselves in our own trapped in hell in our own reality right now yes and uh ruth is in our tribe as well so we got a lot of tribe members here today thank you for your support great to see you guys uh, and that is awesome by the way um real quick if you are interested in joining our tribe and bob's going to be doing some stuff with our tribe too going i think we growing. might
1: do some deep teachings
0: yeah probably getting like some deep teachings we've got membership starting at only nine bucks a month literally nobody else is doing what i'm doing guys literally starting at nine that's bucks a amazing. month, and going up. We've got all kinds of different values. Um, if you wanna get into like the weekend deeper dive teachings, that's gonna be the middle tier at 19 bucks a month. Um, so you can go check that out. That's the Seeker membership, but our first initiate membership is at nine bucks a month. Now you get um, our private group. You're gonna get um, my private live streams that I do with that as well as the continued chat over there. So y'all go check that out. I really appreciate your support there and do not forget guys please 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 don't help me today go help bob oh stop go hook him up <laughs> Get that code right now yes. go buy him a copy buy him a car if you want It's interesting I
1: mean. you're hilarious it's interesting us <laughs> was talking about money and memberships and kind of the cosmic law stuff here too it's like you know energy money is also energy absolutely you know and this this guy the other day uh, on my tiktok i made like this super you know, impassioned mm-hmm. TikTok about all my angry Christian commenters and and how sad I am for them because mm-hmm. of their trauma and um and and I mentioned my book. <laughs> this guy goes, this guy goes. I was, you know, I loved what you said until you sold, when you started selling something. And I said, uh, I said, hey, you know, it's this is my life's work for less than. A pepperoni pizza absolutely you know it's like i'm not doing this (laughs) to to sell a lot of books i'm doing this to try to help folks and 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 help myself through the teaching teaching is learning and 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 also the other thing is like you have a podcast that is on all the platforms with nine million episodes you know i read over 200 videos you know you know we're constantly making things um, you know, on the on the free tier, I'm you know, out how to for use free, that yeah. language. Yeah, like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's available. And then, like, when you, if you want to go deeper, if you want to go exhaustive with yeah. like what Cub and I have both spent our ten thousand hours on. Yep. Okay, here's fourteen dollars, or here's nineteen dollars, yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. It's like, it, yeah, it's extremely justified. So yeah,
0: and you won't get indigestion. So that that's the good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like the> pizza, burger, and soda, or you can. But yeah, I don't want to talk to that, too. And and maybe the next episode we do, Bob, should be on the science of Jesus, because Hmm. what what you're talking about with money, too, is energy. And and Jesus was, you know, they're they're trying to do sacrifices. They're literally paying their way to salvation. He's trying to remind them, hey, here's the science of how all that works. You don't understand what's going on here and and the same thing with the comments i get like we put out so much free content and it's like and it's perfectly good teaching that could be charged for anyway but i it's it's my life's work and it's your life's work and people that like you and i we're not doing this for the money i'm gonna tell you right now i'm not living in a mansion y'all yeah. um bob and i are both probably some of the hard most hardworking people i know Uh, We're like the blue collar. We're obsessed
1: with this stuff. That's why. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. just throwing down our obsession every day. You know, there's some content creators. They'll go jump off a building or do a trampoline trick or something. And yeah, they get millions of followers and millions of dollars. That's not our MO here. We're actually doing tangible Helpful. That's
1: fine. No judgment in them. That's cool. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I've well, I can't do that. Like that. So that's the only
0: judgment that. I have is my back won't allow it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I'm busy quoting Yogananda and um, the Gospel of Thomas, and yeah. um, you know, yeah, trying to draw the connections. It's something I've yeah. always been into, and that's awesome. And and, the, and they really exist. You know, yeah. it, it's like we talked about this at the very beginning. The, the first step is the Bible's infall is not infallible. Yeah. It has flaws. It has discrepancies. It has contradictions. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has some gems. It's you know let's treat it like a human document. And yep. then really, two is like all of these other traditions are amazing. And what the Ramakrishna, who's a very high Hindu saint, says, um, you know, it, it's like all these different different paths to get to the roof. You can you can go up a ladder. You can Go up some steps. You could climb a tree and jump over to the roof. You know, very simple kind of parables um, from Ramakrishna that just penetrate. Um, you know, there's all these different psychodynamic needs of human beings. Really, this is kind of the case for universalism. We we all know people that are so different and have so many different personality types. Now, psychology has yeah. shown this with Myers Briggs and um Enneagram and all this stuff. Like there's all these different types of minds and mm-hmm. needs and thinkers and hearts and levels of understanding and all this stuff. It's like no wonder that there's all these different traditions and pathways. Um yeah to, to get there. They're all valid, you know, or uh, there are degrees of validity, their degrees of of truth. The the one way thing is just the most preposterous, mm-hmm. silly thing ever. And, and there's even a line, kind of speaking of the map, um, narrow gate. I see that one a lot mm-hmm. uh, in my mm-hmm. comments. You know, he, uh, Jesus says, um, to, "For the for the path is wide, but the gate is narrow." Like, um, and and the the yoga interpretation, the mystic interpretation is no, that's the discipline mm-hmm. of self mm-hmm. development. It, no. it, the world is is very alluring, and there's all these different things that. Um, can help you fall off the path right um but but the the gate is narrow you actually have you're threading this needle of Mm -hmm. self-awareness self-compassion unconditional love you're not being dissuaded by all these other things it's not a comment on religious exclusivity that's what christians say they say no narrow is the gate christianity is the only way my way is the only way that's it's about the difficulty of breaking the wheel of samsara (laughs) not absolutely yeah not about exclusivity
0: here guys. absolutely man absolutely god i love that man i love that and that's that's i think ultimately,
1: that's yeah. you know yeah
0: so guys original sin is a lie is the book go check it out from mr bob peck uh you can go buy a book from him go donate and get a free book whatever you want to do um over at original sin is a lie yeah it's uh,
1: original uh, original sin is a lie.com/fund.
0: Yeah, and that is um, that has this that's actually info in on the translation in the description. So you just scroll down in the description past Bob's book title, and then you can click on the link right there. And if
1: you can't make a contribution, we still love you. Yes, are absolutely. You're yes. still lovable. You are still have, valuable. Have beautiful you. day. Yep. <laughs> we appreciate <Absolutely>. you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No shame at Our all. Our love is and not all. dependent on your ability Amen. to contribute to this stuff
0: absolutely last comment of the day i just think this is great because i'm right there with you shona everything gives me indigestion <laughs> amen amen that's
1: spiritual right. or, or otherwise Yep.
0: If you're not reading, if you're not getting indigestion from the spiritual books you're reading and the things you're challenging yourself with, you're not doing it right. That that is the narrow gate. Like it's the I'm narrow sure. gate right around heartburn. So well,
1: it's a, the the yeah. world mystics. It's like a buffet. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Like oh, I'll take a little Sri Ramana. And <laughs> yeah, I'll take a little and
0: Yep, I love it, man. I love it. Well, Bob, bless you, brother. Thanks for Thank having so much me. For being here. I love you, man, and I love all of you guys. Thank you for your, your brother. support, Thank you uh, out, guys bob i'll see you next week probably monday again but we'll cool. confirm so
1: sounds good yeah we'll be in touch brother thanks All guys right. have a great one
0: bye everybody